Midweek Muscle Podcast. Midweek. The Midweek Muscle Podcast starts now. Whoa! Did you guys hear that? Honestly, I don't even feel like I'm cool enough to be worthy of such an intro. Shout out to my homeboy David on the ones and twos who did that fabulous new intro for me. Like I'm super excited, super pumped up about that. You guys are witnessing the evolution of this project and I cannot say enough. The emails, the phone calls, the text messages, the the words of encouragement and love and support are what keeps me going. And that's, you know, that's part of what this podcast is about. Um, I've had some enriching conversations over the last few weeks too, and a couple shout outs. I feel a little proud. Two bloggers out there. One is my homegirl. Her name is Kirby. Her blog is called Day by Day, Kirby Day by Day. And she is just going over the many, many, many hats that we wear as individuals and how to manage and how to not give up on your dreams while you're trying to keep your life going on. So if you have some time to check it out, go hit, go hit up her site, subscribe, check it out. My other homegirl, Catherine, who is a blogger by day, fashionista all day. Um, she has her blog and website, Dreamy Realist, and she's starting up her own business as well. Just taking the use of what's in people's closets and and making it new again and just giving the creative spunk behind how to keep yourself looking good even when you feel run down. So again, her thing, her blog is called Dreamy Realist and I appreciate ladies the shout out. But more importantly, it's just the amount of overwhelming calls and love and support that you guys have been giving me because like I said in my second cast, like I would have stopped myself. I would have been like, this shit is stupid. And that's what I would have did, just stopped. But with you guys keeping me going, that's what's keeping me forging through. But hey, everyone, it's me, Jay-Z, bringing you the midweek muscle. So if you're just joining me for the first time, welcome. And if you have been listening to me for the last couple of podcasts, you're bae now. We go together. There's no question about it. <laughs> Either way, thanks guys for your support. If you're just tuning in, um, the midweek muscle is it was my sort of concept to bring to anyone who's sort of at that point in their lives where they're just trying to do something, trying to do something with themselves or trying to have some sort of breakthrough, but um, they're facing some doubt or some self-doubt or some or some pain, or you're going through what I call growing pains, Uh, rather it be weight loss or dealing with a tough relationship. Um, Professionally, you're trying to get a breakthrough at work and you're just not hitting the mark, or maybe you are doing really well in your life and you think that this is too good to be true, so you tend to self-sabotage. So I'm bringing you a little dose of encouragement that you can find sort of in the middle of your week to help push you through the end of your week, push you through whatever that obstacle is that might be getting in your way. So thanks for joining and I hope you enjoy. So this week, I just want you guys to think of transition. In the word transition, if you're going through transition or you're contemplating walking into a transitional point in your life, Either way, it's uncomfortable. 
I mean, it can leave you stuck in a rut if you allow it to, quite frankly. Uh, because when we get into that place of what now, it leaves us sort of clueless on how to carry forward. And if you guys have been tuning in or if you've listened in, you kind of know where I am right now in that rut, looking for a job, trying to figure out what the next best move is. Um, so the big key word this week, I think, is transition. And I kind of want to tell you guys a story that will illuminate a few things about me. And that's kind of what this thing is. You know, we learn about each other. And to my listeners who are close friends and family members, I may have to apologize in advance because, you know, this week I am going to take it there about the story. Okay. So I used to be a runner. I appreciate a runner spirit. You know, I'm biased a little bit. I know the mentality that runners have, the sheer will that runners have to get to the finish line and cross it, the drive and the commitment that runners tend to have. Because let's face it, nobody likes to run. It's painful. But if you're a runner, you understand how to uh, work through that a little bit. Um, So here's a story in high school. Um, I was a high school freshman and I ran track and field. Um, My sister at the time, she was also on the track and field team. She was a senior, I was a freshman. Um, She threw shot putting discus and I was a straight up runner. But there's this one particular time. I used to just run the 100 meters, 200 meters, and occasionally the 400 meters. Sorry if I'm talking in blah for you all that don't run, um, but if you can think about a track around a football field, 100 meters is like a quarter of the track, so I'm only running one length. 200 is two, like half the track. A 400 is one full lap around the track. Um, so in high school, um, I had various events that I had to place. And some way, and some meet, one way or the other, I think someone got injured. I can't really remember this story. But I remember my coach walking up and asking me, like, Joe, we need somebody to run this 800-meter relay, which is three other girls running the race with you, four people total. You have to pass a baton off and you run. My head, I said, ah, I don't want to, but okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, so as a stand-in, I'm thinking, oh, I only have to do it this one time. Just run, Joe, get points for your team. Just do whatever you have to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, an 800 is two laps around the track. And yes, it's a full-on run. So I ran it. <laughs> and I ran it good. But I don't think you get me. Not like good, but like really good. Like blowing past the girls on the track good. All I wanted to do was get the points or the team so coach could be proud of me, right? But if you know track and field, you know coaches don't just place you in races where you can't possibly get points for the team. Uh, Even though track is very much an individual sport, it's very much a team sport as well. So to understand that and understand how well I ran it, I remember practice the following week. My coach came up and said, Joe, going forward, you're running all the 800s, all of them. And I kid you not, it wasn't excitement that came out of my voice. I cried. (laughs) I hated it. 
I hated everything about that race. But I guess, you know, he saw potential in me that I didn't quite see. I was just really good at it. Why did I hate it? I don't know. It was painful. It was a full-on, like, run. I just, uh, just did something to my body. But it, it taught me a lot of good lessons. So the 800 and I have a love-hate relationship. Every race, before I had to run my newfound race, the 800s, my sister would do a couple things. Um, so to understand who she was, she was a, a state championship, like thrower of shot put and discus. Um, she was like that all-star type of personality. She was captain of the track team. Um, she had a very big stature. She was like 5'11 and uh, kind of a stocky build, but you know, she's just somebody who you just don't mess with, you know? So she's tough. Like she's, she's tough. So when she speaks, you listen. So she'd lead the team in prayer before meets, after meets. And of course, because I'm her sister, she, before my races, she'd lead me in prayer too. And of course, before she had to compete as well in her throwing. So in the midst of my crying fits, like getting up for that 800, she'd lean in and we'd touch head to head and she'd say something along the lines of, let go and let God, baby, you can do this. You're built for this. And you know what? She was right. Like I, when, when she talks, you listen. When you're running around a track, it's not like the Olympics where everyone is all around the track all the time cheering you on. Generally, in local track meets, people line up just right at the finish line because that's where all the excitement is. That's where you see people like pass out or like jump from 50 meters behind the finish line just to try to pass it because they're so tired. But no one's generally along the backside of the, the field. And that's when that we call that the backstretch. That's when that part of the race is tough. No one is there rooting you on. That's when it gets really hard. Like you can hear breathing from the other runners, like the like right on your neck and shit. And it's like very aggravating. Feet stomping, your body feels tired and it's dark. Like when you're running like closer into the evening when the sun goes down, it gets dark around there. And you usually you just want to slow down and give up because nobody's on that side watching you anyway. Except for me, my sister was there. Um, and her name is Jovan, so Jovan was there. After I've, you know, started the race and I'm on that back stretch of that first lap, you just hear her say, Go, Joe, go. She's on your tail. Drop. Drop your shoulders, breathe, go, go, go. In my head, I'm like, I'm going. But then on that second lap, when I know I'm really tired and I have like 200 meters to go yet, and that's when you should really be kicking it in that last 200 meters. But instead, you really want to just break down. You hear, go, Joe, go, drop your, drop your shoulders, breathe, lengthen your stride, turn it on now, she's on her heels. And you know what? She was right. I felt myself focused on just those things. And literally, as soon as I focused on those things, I'd go. Like, she was the energy during those meets. She was the strength that I drew my energy from, even though I was broke down and tired. And even when I just felt like I didn't want to do these races anymore, I drew my strength off of her. Like, that was my, she was my strength. And I drew my energy from her. Uh, so, what happens when that cheerleader disappears or that voice fades away. 
Do you keep running as fast? Do you keep running as hard? Do you keep running as long? Well, see, she died May of 2011, so almost six years ago. She was my cheerleader. She was my rock. She was my ace. Yet she died six years ago from a violent crime. She died with her music still inside of her. For two years, me, my mom, my dad, um, and my eight-month-old son at the time had to go to court for what seemed like every week to look at the people who victimized her, to look at her killers. We watched witnesses fall off. We were treated like the killers via intimidation. I was told to shut my baby up from lawyers, just plain awful. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, I had to write a statement and deliver it to the judge to fight for her legacy. Have you ever had to fight to defend your ace or your rock or the person who believes in you the most? It's really tough. And maybe I need some counseling on grieving, but you know, I, I feel like that is why I can't let the negativity of the world get to me or inside of me. Because until the day where your cheerleader is gone and you feel like you don't have anyone cheering you or rooting you on anymore, it's got to come from someplace. It's got to come from someplace deep. Um, I think that's why I'm so huge on birthdays. Like every year you have another year to thrive and to be a blessing to share your gifts. But are you sharing or are you existing? That is why like anytime I give a speech in front of some of my, uh, you know, speaking engagements, I always tell the audience, your attitude dictates your elevation. And it's true. Your attitude will dictate your elevation. I miss her so much, guys. I mean, I often feel like lost without her. But when I'm on to something, she seems to pop up in my thought waves pretty darn consistently. And that sort of tells me whenever I'm on to something, just don't give up. Just don't give up. You know, she's right. I am built for this because she told me. And she told me a long time ago. Even though her voice is now faded, I still, I still hear her sometimes. I still hear her saying, like, look, you can do this and you can't let somebody get to you. You can't let that get you down. You can't let that get in your way. And somewhere along the line, I learned how to step in and, and, and be the coach for myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of spiritual brothers and sisters out there who encourage and support and love on me. But biologically, you know, my lifeline, I feel like was cut. But look, you have to think about it in this way. It's hard when you lose someone who's believed in you, whether it's a relationship. It doesn't always have to be death, a relationship or something that, you know, has just dissolved over time. And now you feel like, what's, what now? What's next? What, what's next for me? Just remember, you have gifts too. Rather, there's two things you're working on. Are you waiting for someone else to make a move for you or are you going to take the step? This is your muscle moment. Are you living with your gifts sheltered inside of you? Or are you making them known 
that they're there. Look, someone somewhere had a vision. And that's who you work for. Is it you though? Are you willing to share your vision? Are you willing to put yourself out there and get yourself into the world? And even if it's not being an entrepreneur, are you being the most effective using your gifts that you can to be a blessing to someone else? Whether you're waiting to make a move or take a step in your own direction, I have a couple steps for you this week. I heard it from church this weekend, um, so I'll say it this way. Embrace your thing. Embrace the thing that gives you joy. Embrace the thing that gives you hope. Embrace your gifts. Two, get very still. And when I say still, I mean very still. And ask yourself, what's the next move? What's the next best move? Create a short-term strategy. That's number three. Create a short-term strategy and talk to people you trust about it. Again, I, you know, I shared that story to share that even though I feel like my ace is gone and she will always, she won't be here in the, in the physical realm anymore. However, there are other spiritual brothers and sisters and people that I trust and connect with out there that can help give me guidance that she would have given me. Get connected. Four, set a completion date. I mean, what's the goal if it's just hanging out there intangibly forever and ever and ever? Is the dream not actualized? So set a completion date and hold yourself accountable to that date. And if you don't finish by that date, regroup, reconnect, and create a new action plan. So that way you can get yourself back on track. Number five, start now. There's no time like the present. You wait tomorrow, until tomorrow, tomorrow will never come. So start now. And then lastly, when you get scared and you feel it's real tough or you feel like you just can't do it, sit back, tell yourself, and know that you are built for this. You're built for this. That's all I got, folks. Let's get out there. Let's have a great week. Let's power through. I don't know what you're thinking about in your head right now, but if you are listening and you felt the touch, please continue to listen in. If you did not and you know of someone who could, I just ask simply, please spread the word. Please spread the love and please spread the hope that someone else may be able to connect to the message. Every time you guys listen in, something new happens with my cast. I'm going to celebrate. We're on iTunes. Woo! We are on iTunes. Find me on iTunes at The Midweek Muscle. If you type it in the search box, you can find it. If not, you can also catch me. Questions, comments, concerns. Jay-Z at TheMidweekMuscle.com. You can send me your emails. Otherwise, on Instagram at TheMidweekMuscle and Twitter at Midweek Muscle. Go share, like, post on my Facebook page, The Midweek Muscle. And until I see you guys or talk to you guys next week, let's go!